Hey there, and welcome to your pocket sailing instructor. I'm Penny Caldwell, and I have been a sailing coach for over 25 years now. I'm here to help you reach your sailing goals, whether you're looking for gear reviews, safety tips, or just some fun sailing stories. This podcast will have it all. Your Pocket Sailing Instructor is an educational and fun podcast about all things sailing. I plan on releasing weekly episodes every Thursday to help you end off your week on a high note. So grab your coffee and join me for your weekly dose of all things sailing. Hey guys, hope you're having a great week. Welcome to another episode of Your Pocket Sailing Instructor. I'm Penny and yeah, this week we are going to dive into the topic of seasickness. Nobody likes talking about that one or thinking about that one, but we're going to dive into it a bit. We're going to talk about uh, what is seasickness, what causes seasickness, how to prevent it, how to manage it, um, you know, some different tips and tricks. And this kind of came along uh, because of the series that I just completed there, the Sailing Goals series. And the last one I talked about was offshore sailing. Um, But seasickness is definitely not just particular to offshore sailing. Anytime you're on a boat, this can happen. So we're going to dive into that this week and uh, let's get at it. All right. So we're going to start off with some definitions and explanations uh, about seasickness and what we're dealing with here. So uh, definition of seasickness, nausea and dizziness, sometimes accompanied by vomiting, resulting from the rocking or swaying motion of a vessel in which one is traveling at sea. Or, like I mentioned, doesn't need to be at sea, can be anywhere else. Um, So related definitely would be motion sickness, um, a disorder of the sense of balance and equilibrium, and hence the sense of spatial orientation that is caused by repeated motion, such as from the swell of the sea, the movement of a car, or the motion of a plane in turbulent air. Motion sickness is due to irritation of a portion of the inner ear called the labyrinth. So there are a couple different things at work here. So the role of your ears, your inner ears in particular, help control your sense of balance. So they're part of a whole network that's called the vestibular system. So the system includes three pairs of semicircular canals and there are two sacs called the secule and the utricle. Hopefully I pronounced that right. My French always comes through when uh, I'm speaking new new English words. <laughs> they send information about what's going on around you to the brain. So uh, the semicircular canals hold a fluid that moves with the turns of your head. So the secule and the utricle are sensitive to gravity. They tell the brain whether you're standing up or you're lying down, for instance. So this is where some of the confusion starts to happen. Your brain takes all of this data in and it usually comes together and makes sense. So what your eyes are seeing, uh, your brain is saying, yep, I'm walking down the road, I'm on a flat surface, everything's level, I'm good. Uh, But sometimes your brain will get confusing signals. So on an airplane, for example, you feel like you're moving, but your eyes tell your brain that you don't appear to be going anywhere because you're sitting in your seat. 
Um, So the same can be true when you come back from a long voyage. I used to get this a lot. Um, I would go and live on the boat up in Georgian Bay for Uh, you know, two to three weeks at a time. And then I would get back on land and I'd be walking on flat or even just standing flat, non-moving surface, and I would be swaying back and forth. Um, So uh, funny enough, I used to, you know, I'd be standing at the bank with my mom, for instance, and I'd be swaying back and forth. And then she'd she'd say, Penny, you're moving. And I'd say, no, I'm, I'm good. And then she would like stop me And then I would start to feel sick when she stopped me because I was just so used to the movement of the boat. So, so there you go. So basically what's going on is there is a confusion or a disconnect between your brain and between um, what's happening with the rest of your body. So in one of my last episodes, specifically offshore sailing, and I also mentioned with liveaboard sailing, one of the key uh, points to be aware of, or one of the key things that you should do with your planning specifically um, is know where the provisions are and keep extra snacks and provisions on you. Uh, Because one of the key areas and times when people tend to start to feel seasick is if they go uh, down below. So you're down below in the boat, you know, maybe you're digging around in the ice box looking for something. So not only are you standing in a, a moving vessel that's moving back and forth, now you're bending over with your head in a bucket looking for food. <laughs> um, so all of these signals start to get a little bit confusing for, for your brain and how your body's moving around. Hence, starting to feel sick and and seasickness. So we'll uh, dig into that a little bit more in a minute here. So symptoms of seasickness, when do you know that either you yourself are uh, coming down with seasickness or if somebody in your crew is uh, not feeling great? So some of these signs here, we have uh, nausea. Often there's vomiting. Um, loss of balance. So you might not, you know, your coordination isn't quite there. Uh, increase of saliva production. So you're going to start to notice that your your mouth might get really dry and then all of a sudden you're creating a lot of saliva. Loss of appetite. Um, so you're just kind of feeling sick to your stomach. You don't really feel like eating anymore. Pale skin. Um, literally people will turn green. I've had some people turn like bluish green, just look really, really bad, grayish green even. Um, Sweating. So sometimes you'll, especially sweating like your hands and feet in really odd places. So it's not that you're sweating because you're exerting yourself. You're kind of almost having these flashes of sweating. Um, Headaches, definitely start getting headaches. Could start to get really tired and lethargic. Um, and then shallow breathing sometimes as well. So one of the best ways to um, deal with seasickness is to try and prevent it (laughs) if you can. So um, basically I have some tips here as far as things that you can do uh, prior to your trip to try and set yourself up for success so that you don't end up in a situation where you are feeling seasick. Um, so one of the things that I mentioned is being aware of provisions on the boat, making sure you have healthy snacks available, uh, pack all of your pockets for your foul weather gear with snacks, 
Um, if you are going to be out and you know that the weather is going to be a bit rougher, you might look at making meals ahead of time or have grab-and-go type meals. So um, you could have sandwiches ready, you could have thermos with soup or whatever that you can have up on deck, that kind of thing. But prior to your trip altogether, there's a few things that I do uh, before I head out on a big trip. Like I mentioned in one of the other episodes, I'm pretty lucky. I tend to not really be, um, I, I don't tend to get seasick very often. Um, it's basically happened to me once and I think more it was actually nerves. So, um, you know, if you're nervous about your trip or if you just are really stressed about your trip, that is definitely something that can uh, throw off your ability to um, fight off seasickness and be comfortable in your surroundings and stuff. So for me, I was heading out on a pretty big trip. Um, I was being evaluated um for a, it was a teaching course that I was doing. It was an advanced instructor course that I was doing. And I was nervous about, you know, how was it going to go? My lesson plans. We were heading into a pretty big storm um, as well. So I wasn't quite sure how that was going to go anyways. And I think my stress kind of got to me more than anything. But as soon as I threw up, then I felt better after that. So there you go. Um, but yeah, prior to your trip, what you want to try to do is um, try to get a good night's sleep. Try to keep yourself well hydrated. Avoid sugars. Um, I tend to cut out coffee and alcohol two weeks before a trip. Sorry, I just punched the microphone there. Um, so yeah, before I head out on a trip, I will cut out coffee and alcohol. Uh, just because, especially if I'm doing overnights or offshore and I know I'm going to be doing shifts and I might get, you know, caught up on deck and I don't want to uh, be going through withdrawal headaches for coffee in particular. Um, and so basically I cut out coffee and then for me, if I end up having a cup of coffee on my trip, it's like bonus. I just love a good cup of coffee, but I am not at a point where I physically have to have the coffee. Um, so for me, I just take that out. And I was late to the coffee drinking game anyway, so I could kind of take it or leave it most of the time. Um, same idea with alcohol. Alcohol will dehydrate you quite quickly. I rarely drink when I'm out on the boat um, unless I'm out doing kind of a camping weekend and we're anchored and that kind of thing. I'll definitely have a glass of wine with dinner or a couple of glasses of wine with my dinner uh, while we sleep on the boat. Uh, but generally, if I'm offshore, or I'm doing any kind of night shifts and stuff, I pretty much don't drink alcohol at all. I just want to avoid having any kind of, um, you know, lapse of judgment or anything like that. So personal preference and obviously drinking and boating is not not recommended and illegal <laughs> but um, basically what you're trying to do is get your body and your mind into a position where you can really focus on the task at hand and you can uh, be in a space where you are able to operate at your optimum levels so set yourself up for success um, getting a lot of fresh air. So now I'm talking about being on the boat. So when you're on the boat, things that you can do for prevention, um, get lots of fresh air. So being up on deck really helps. 
working down in uh, the bilge trying to fix a leak or trying to fix the diesel while underway really does not help. <laughs> That's a good way to help your help yourself feel gross. Uh, so get lots of fresh air. Um, if you are feeling a little bit queasy, you could ask to take the helm. Uh, taking the helm and focusing on the horizon and just kind of refocusing your body and your eyes and your mind all on one thing, on the same thing, will kind of help to realign things and uh, help to bring your brain and ear and balance all back in sync. Um, And one thing that I've noticed too is don't talk about it. A lot of people, like you start talking about seasickness and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, am I not feeling very good? And, And so you know, I find I don't even, I don't even really bring up seasickness, um, especially once we're on the boat. I ask people ahead of time if they're prone to it. Um, I will make sure that I have medication on board and I'm going to talk about uh, some of those things in a minute here, but um, really just kind of keeping everyone focused on tasks, whether it's sail trim, um, you know, cleaning up boat, the boat and coiling lines or, or whatever, just giving people different tasks or helming. Uh, that's a great way to have them up on deck, focused, participating, uh, and hopefully that will help as well. Okay, so let's do a little recap here. Seasickness, what is it? It is a disconnect between your brain and your middle ear, your inner ear. And basically what you are seeing is not in sync with what the body is feeling. Symptoms include nausea, vomiting, loss of balance, loss of appetite, sweating, headaches, all that wonderful, wonderful stuff. So prevention, pre-trip prevention things that you can do. Make sure you get a good night's sleep. Try to relax prior to your trip. Uh, Keep yourself organized. So in one of my episodes, uh, I believe offshore, I talked about packing cubes and some packing ideas. And I will do another episode specifically on gear and packing for sailing trips. But that's one of the things that I do is I have packing cubes. I have different sizes and different colors. And then I put uh, different items in those cubes. So when I go into my Patagonia bag, I know that my blue packing cube is all of my Uh, socks and underwear, let's say. So when I head down below and I need to do a wardrobe change or whatever, um, it's pretty quick for me to find my things. So keeping my gear organized is one way that kind of helps me when I go down below, I can focus on what what I'm doing, I can find what I need, and then I don't get kind of stressed out about not finding something or whatever. So because that kind of doesn't really help the situation. So keep yourself organized. And that also goes along with your provisions and knowing where the food is being stored. Uh, So when you go down below, you have meals prepared, grab and go, or you know where the snacks are and or you have snacks in your pockets. Um, I personally cut out coffee and alcohol prior to any big trips when I'm going to be doing overnight passages and such, just so that I can avoid having any kind of withdrawal symptoms um, and definitely avoiding alcohol altogether when I'm out on the boat, just because that speeds up dehydration and and all that stuff. So uh, prevention for during the trip. So that was pre-trip prevention. Sorry, now we're talking about Uh, during the trip prevention. Um, Don't talk about it. 
I've noticed when people start talking about seasickness, they start to feel sick themselves. It's like when the kids talk about lice going around the, the school or something, next thing you know, you're scratching your head and you're like, I'm kind of itchy. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's one of those things we start talking about it and then we start thinking about it and feeling it. And there you go. Um, if you can, I didn't mention this one before, but um, start off your trip um, during daylight, daylight hours. So if you can get the crew on the boat and get the trip going during the day, um, that will really help the crew get used to the boat, get used to, you know, the waves going up down below to grab food, water, whatever, coming back up on deck, just kind of lets everybody get um, acclimatized to the boat and used to the movement while there is still daylight and while there's still things for them to look at and focus on. Um, and then, you know, ideally, you have your first night shift or whatever, and it's not the first time that you've stepped on the the boat or that you've been out, um, out on the open water with the waves and everything. So just something to add in there. Um, lots of fresh air, fresh air really helps when you're on the boat. So again, uh, prevent going down below. If you want to feel better, stay up on deck as long as you can, fresh air, and then also taking the helm. So steering the boat, looking at the horizon, um, you know, it also lets you kind of anticipate, depending on what point of sail you're on, where you're going, but um, anticipate some of the waves coming towards you. So you can kind of work through uh, the motion of the boat a little bit. So that's prevention. And now we're going to talk a bit about some remedies. So at this point, you or your crew, someone on the boat is now seasick. They are pre presenting a bunch of the symptoms. They're looking a little green around the gills and what can you do to help them? So, um, ginger works really well. Um, I often have different types of ginger on the boat with me, depending on what people like. So I have ginger chews, which are like, um, almost like a toffee kind of candy. Um, I have uh, usually candied ginger. So I have actual pieces of ginger candied. I also tend to have ginger, uh, ginger ale and ginger drinks on board. Um, so I bring kind of a, a variety of ginger with me. Uh, some people really don't like ginger though. So uh, mint is also another kind of substitute for ginger that will also help to calm an upset stomach. So mint could be an option, could be a mint tea, um, mint drink. You can even just have it in some water, like um, breath mints or whatever that they can suck on that will also help as well. Um, a lot of times people are not, will not be interested in eating or, or drinking much, but definitely make sure that, um, whoever is sick is staying hydrated. So try to get water into them. I always bring uh, a variety of electrolytes with me and cliff cubes. Uh, so electrolyte cubes, um, again, to re replenish all the salts and sugars and everything that, that people are uh, losing if, if they do get sick. Um, you can also use medication. 
One thing I would definitely suggest if you are thinking of using any kind of medication, especially if it's anything stronger than uh, gravol. So gravol would be kind of the -the over-the-counter option that most people tend to uh, take. Uh, But if you're looking at doing something like Dramamine or Scopolamine patches, definitely try those out way before your trip. Like I'm, I would say a month or so before your trip, fill the prescription and, and try them out. Um, and be aware of any kind of side effects or just overall effects of how the medication affects you uh, when you take it. So does it make you drowsy? Uh, Do you get any kind of rash? Does it affect your eyesight, hearing, anything like that? So for me, on one of the trips that I did uh, when I was coming back from the Vic Maui, I decided to um, try the scopolamine patches. So I tried one um, at work before about a month or so before the trip. And I'm the kind of person I don't normally take much in the way of medication. Like if I have a headache, I take Tylenol or, you know, if I have a muscle cramp or something, I'll take an Advil, but I generally, I'm not, I don't take too many medications. So I tend to have pretty, um, not severe, but significant kind of reactions to different medications. So I definitely wanted to test this out before we went away on our trip. Um, and it was, seemed to be fine. You know, I felt a little kind of lightheaded or whatever while I was at work, but I didn't feel like I couldn't focus or perform my job or that I was, you know, really tired or anything like that. So overall, I would say it was a, it was a good, um, experience with the patch. Um, but it's definitely a good idea to test that out to make sure that you are not going to have some sort of Um, unexpected reaction. And just because you don't have a reaction when you test it out doesn't mean that when you're on the boat um, that something might not pop up. So definitely if you are going to take something, uh, be sure to let other crew on the boat know. Definitely let the skipper know. Uh, Just say, hey, I'm, I'm prone to being motion sick or, you know, I'm, I'm a bit worried that I might get sick. I'm a bit nervous about the trip, whatever. So I am going to preemptive take a Dramamine pill at whatever time. And I would also suggest that you have a little notebook with you, uh, like wet notes or whatever, just so you can jot down days and times and medications that you do take um, so that you have an idea and a timeline of when you've taken something, especially if you are doing any kind of uh, shifts on the boat Uh, It's very easy. Everything starts to kind of feel like Groundhog Day after a while, and it's quite easy for you to lose track of when you took your last pill. So if you are going to take anything, I would suggest you write it down, keep it in a log, let somebody else know what you took when. Um, And already, I mean, your skipper on the boat should know any and all allergies or medications that everyone is already on. Um, so they should have an awareness of that already. They should basically, I do a, I collect a file. I create a file for all my crew so that I know who is on what medications, you know, what kinds of, um, allergies do they have and all that kind of stuff. So hopefully whoever you're out with has also done that too. So that is uh, medication. Um, and then you can also 
um, use uh, acupuncture or acupressure, um, such as wearing C-bands. Um, I've got a link to them in the show notes at salenelson.com, but uh, C-bands are basically wristbands that you can wear and they have a little pressure point that's on the inside of your wrist. Um, and that is also supposed to help relieve symptoms. So again, I would say that uh, this would be something that you should try out ahead of your trip so that you can um, just see how you react to wearing C-bands the whole time um, and see if they work for you. So hopefully if you are seasick or someone in your group is seasick, one of those remedies will work for you. Um, I would say that when someone is seasick on the boat, it really affects the overall performance of the boat and also can affect the rest of the crew pretty significantly. So don't underestimate um, the things that can happen if somebody is seasick, because basically you're going to be down one person, uh, potentially two, because whoever is sick is out of the game. And then there's probably going to be another person who is going to be responsible for looking after that sick person and making sure that they are drinking, they're hydrated, they're warm, um, that, you know, their breathing is proper and all that kind of stuff. So I would say that um, the longest I've ever let somebody basically be sick for on my boat uh, was about two days. Uh, And then at that point, I was like, well, we need to start making some decisions about what we're going to do from here. Like if, if this person doesn't get better, we need to head back to shore or we need to be making some calls to get some help. Um, and get them off of the boat because at that point, once they start getting dehydrated and they haven't eaten in a couple days, it can get very dangerous very quickly. Um, another time I had another person on the boat who was really sick, um, and we ended up changing our trip plan and we went into, um, a marina earlier than we were planning. Literally the second they stepped on shore, they were totally fine. Their color came back. They were kissing the ground. They were so excited to be back on shore. Um, So, you know, some people, it goes away as soon as they get back on land. Other people, it takes them a little bit longer. Um, Everybody's different. I would also say that um, what I've seen people who are seasick, uh, basically they they feel like they are at the bottom of the bottom. (laughs) This is the worst that they have ever felt in their life. I've had several people ask me to just throw them overboard. They just want it to stop. Um, So it is a really, really miserable, horrible place to be. Um, So, you know, be aware of that as well. Obviously you can't throw anybody overboard and you can't, uh, can't get rid of them, but, uh, you know, helping them out and helping them through it, uh, is the best way forward for sure. So on a final note here, I just want to mention that, um, there are a variety of factors that contribute to somebody becoming seasick. Um, like I mentioned, sometimes it can be nerves, sometimes it can be stress, lack of sleep. Uh, it can be something completely unrelated to your sailing trip that the person is you know, thinking about, who knows. Um, but just because you have not experienced it in the past doesn't mean that you might not get 
sick on a certain trip. And just because you love to sail doesn't mean that you are not going to get seasick at some point. I have sailed with many sailors who get seasick all the time. And um, some of them, it's quite surprising. Like they sail offshore thousands and thousands and thousands of miles and they are sick for the first three or four days of their trip and they keep going. And, you know, for me, I'm thinking, why the heck are you doing this? You know, you're going to be sick, but they just love sailing so much that they're willing to put up with it. And they also know um, their boundaries and they know that they will get used to the boat movement and that they will start to feel better after a few days. So I suppose if you are uh, prepared and you have some of those, um, you know, remedies on board that I talked about and you're working on some of the different ways of preventing having seasickness that, you know, it makes it all worthwhile. So don't, um, exclude it or discount uh, seasickness when you are heading out on a trip. Uh, don't assume that it's you know not going to be there. It's better to overplan and, and be ready for it. So I would suggest that you bring an arsenal of ginger and mint and medication with you um, and lots of water and snacks and all that good stuff uh, just to make sure that you do end up out there having a great time on the boat. So I'm going to wrap up this episode here. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Welcome to May. May the 4th be with you even though it's the fifth now, but, (laughs) um, and I will chat with you guys next week. Take care.